Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. I'm your host and coach, Gina Ryan, and I'm really happy to have you with us again today. I have a really exciting show today. I have a great guest. His name is John Kim. He's known as the Angry Therapist. So I'm really excited to have John with us. We're going to talk about anxiety and about coaching and therapy. So before we get started, I just want to remind you guys that we do offer so many different ways to help you with your journey back to your own peace and calm. So I hope you're taking advantage of everything that we offer over at the website. Go to anxietycoachespodcast.com and check out what we have available. If you have questions, you can send us an email to anxietycoachespodcast at gmail.com. I'm going to read a little bit about John because he probably wouldn't tell you all this good stuff. John Kim is a licensed marriage family therapist known as the Angry Therapist. He became an unconventional therapist by working out of the box, growing his audience of like-minded people through social media from the ground up. He's built a coaching team and a movement, more than just a team, John has built a movement to change the way we change. John is a published writer and speaker and host of the podcast, Asking for a Friend. John Kim's first published book by Random House Imprint on uh, building a meaningful life will be on bookshelves early 2017. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Well, I think that you're, you probably get a lot of questions just from the name of your website and your, your whole uh, outfit over there. Why don't you get us started yeah. and tell us a little bit how you got to be known as the Angry Therapist. Um, I just, you know what? I, I wish I had an amazing story. Um, I, I used to be angry in my 20s and... In my 30s, post-divorce, I had to start all over, and I decided to create a blog and just practice transparency, and I just thought it would be funny to call it the angry therapist um, just because I think that being a therapist and being angry is funny. But what I didn't know is there was a, a subtle meaning behind it that kind of flourished, and it's the idea that it's okay to be angry and a therapist, which actually um, it's okay to humanize yourself. Yeah. And so um, that's kind of what came out of it organically, and I, it wasn't intentional, but like the universe planted the seed, uh, and what I thought was funny actually developed a lot of meaning. So um, that that kind of became my movement is to you know be a therapist and 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 shatter your veneer, and and you could you could be a therapist and you could be human and you could be angry and you could have feelings and all that kind of stuff. Beautiful. Well, and you could be funny. You have a great sense of humor, too. So um, I'm sure that people enjoy that about you. Can you tell us a little bit about how you built this? So you, you went through the divorce. It happens to a lot of people that that is like getting to ground zero and, and building yet again. Um, can you tell us how you built this this movement that you have going on? Yeah, it's not that it's not that I one day sat down and, and kind of uh, <laughs> told myself that I'm going to create some kind of movement. I think that uh, when people try to do that, it, it never rings true and it doesn't work. Um, I was just a guy 
who uh, I was just your average John who decided to be honest one day. That's all it was. I, I decided to be honest and and also not only you know with others but with myself, but uh, project that out into the world using um, a blog and then social media. And it resonated with people, and uh, it was the first time in my life that I just decided to be vulnerable. Um, and and it took it, it took a divorce because at that point I didn't have a lot, you know, I didn't have any friends, I didn't have um, a job, I didn't have uh, anything at at stake. So of course it's easier when you hit your quote unquote rock bottom to really start over um, and you know shake your life etch a sketch is what I did and just start off with a, a brand new canvas. And so. I just decided to be vulnerable, and uh, by doing that, uh, it, it created um, a full practice. People, it started off with questions, and then people wanted sessions, um, and then I just started doing sessions online, and then you know the demand was overwhelming. So then I built a team, and then eventually a, a life coaching course because going through the traditional clinical, um, you know, therapy path, I realized that there's a lot of things about the system that's broken. So I wanted to create, you know, it's like that whole scratching your own itch, create a course um, to help people help people, but in a just, a, I think, a better way, you know. Um, and so that's what we have today. It's called the Catalyst Course, and we've already graduated um, close to 100 people. Wow, that's great. Because uh, in my uh, experience, I've done a lot of work with eating disorders. For about 12 years, I worked with different eating disorder centers as the nutritionist and the anxiety mm-hmm. coach. And yeah. um, so I've worked with a lot of therapists and yeah. team meetings. And it's interesting, John. There's a lot of way, you, you know, being a therapist is not a one thing. It's a, there are so many different flavors. And so I think that that's tough for people when they start going to look for help. Like they go, well, that one didn't work. Or, yeah. Um, yeah, do you have any tips for people? Because, you know, even though I coach with a lot of people, many of them also have a therapist, which I think sure. makes us a nice team. Um, so what do you have for tips for people how to find a good therapist or let them know where you guys are at, too? I, I think um, um, I think of Finding a good therapist is difficult, and I think if you find an amazing therapist, that you keep that person for life. Uh, but that that being said, I think you can you know grow and shed therapists and coaches and find different people that you know specialize in different things for for different seasons of your life. Um, I I think that uh, therapists are hard to find because it's more about chemistry. It's not about the the letters after your name. It's right. not about um, you know, theoretic orientations. It's about the connection you have with that person. And that's why it's challenging. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I appreciate you telling that to the listeners because they often think it's them, you know. Right. And so the problem is if you, uh, a lot of times therapists graduate therapy school and there's a lot of fear that's injected into them, um, you know, not on purpose, but just the, the process of becoming a therapist. So it's hard to connect with your therapist if they're not, humanizing themselves if they're not um, practicing vulnerability, you know, at least to a certain extent, you know, so if they're um, a therapist and they're, they're kind of, uh, they have kind of a shell of a veneer uh, and, it's, it, and, you know, we're taught in therapy school to not talk a lot about ourselves. So um, it's easy to, to, to have that disconnect in the room, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen therapists. I've, uh, you know, uh, some were very like loving actually loving with their clients and they would get reprimanded for having too close of a relationship or uh, so, you know, and, you know, might be the kind of client that 
needs that. You know what I mean? So it really yeah, does become personal. Yeah, and for every, you know, for every whatever five people that, that like me or that, that resonate with me, there's always going to be someone that can't stand me, <laughs> which is okay. Right. Um, but I decided to go the other way, and I was like, let's uh, if we're going to talk about life, let's do life where we're talking. Let's go for a walk, or let's go sit at a guy. You know, I did a lot of things that I wasn't, um, quote, unquote, supposed to do. Yeah, oh, good for you. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Uh, actually, I think walking and talking is a beautiful thing. So um, yeah, yeah, I mean, people are more open to it now. I was doing this, you know, almost a decade. Ago. Yeah, yeah, you were really weird. <laughs> I was very weird. It's good, good. Um, yeah. So talking about like that kind of stuff, tell us a little bit about how what you look at anxiety as. What do you see when we talk about? Oh, people say I have anxiety or I'm suffering with. Um, you know, all the list of DMS, DSM disorders that they might have around anxiety. How are you looking at anxiety these days? Um, I like, you know, the door I like to go into uh, anxiety, that whole um, ocean, yeah. <laughs> or maybe it's a sticky swamp, is uh, through the, uh, the word is resistance. I think that wherever we have resistance in our life, it doesn't matter if we're resisting um, certain people, situations, ourselves, that's where the anxiety comes. You know, there's a lot of friction in resistance. What a lot of people don't know is on the other side of resistance is the soil for growth. Mm. And so a lot of people, when we resist, our uh, fight or flight kicks in and it, uh, most of us um, react to our resistance. So we, 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 we flee or we try to protect ourselves or we don't lean into it. And um, I think that a lot of times if you lean into your resistance, there's self-discovery and there's you can, through that process, you have less anxiety. Yeah. You know, I think anxiety is created from the fight or flight, the panic. And it doesn't matter what's triggering it. It could be, you know, a someone, a person. It could be a relationship. It could be, you know, your boss. It could be whatever you're paying taxes. But that fight or flight that kicks in most people, um, they run. And so when you're running, the res- that anxiety is always going to be there. Yeah, it follows you and grows bigger each time sure. you run. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And when we lean into our resistance, I like the idea of, of that can lead us to growth. Uh, can you give us some examples of people that might have taken their stress or their anxiety and actually did lean into it and didn't resist and what maybe they found? Yeah, I'm going to actually, um, one of the things I do is I try to pull from my own story first. It's right. just uh, something. <laughs> so I'm I'm going through my story and thinking about um, resistance and leaning into it. So um, since we're talking about, you know, the journey of a therapist and all that, I kind of, I'll keep it there. I also worked in um, various treatment centers, um, eating disorder centers, addiction, and I've worked in um, um, everything from like high-end you know, super private, expensive treatment centers to uh, nonprofit, everything in between. Mm-hmm. And so in so here's an example. So when I was working in nonprofit, um, I just graduated, you know, I, I got, you know, whatever, the two years, I got my master's, spent a lot of money, and I was really pumped to become a therapist. And so I was pumped out of the system. And my definition of therapist was kind of like, you know, the shirt and tie and the, the, the cappuccino, you know, and the uh, <laughs> the, silver, the silver balls that bounce back and forth in a private uh, office with a little waterfall and, you know, all that kind of stuff. 
And so, but the universe threw me into nonprofit where I was working with um, teenagers, which I didn't want to work with, and uh, at teenage addicts, and um, you know, I had a uniform, so I had to put on khakis and like this golf shirt. Um, everything about it brought me tons of resistance because it didn't match my blueprint of what I thought a therapist should be. Right. Right. So I, I I leaned into it because I had no choice, and by leaning into it is is uh, looking at what's in front of me and taking that situation, um, learning about myself, why I'm resisting it, and trying to stretch that. So um, it's everything I didn't want to do. So I, I was I was doing group work, which I didn't want to do. I was working with a demographic I didn't want to work with. Um, I didn't want to go into addiction. So I had resistance on every angle on every level. And once I swam past the breakers, once I was able to pass the resistance, it was like that's where I learned everything. That's where I learned my concept on containers. That's where I learned how to run groups, which is now um, on our shift platform. Um, everything came from that, my own personal growth. And, and uh, like so much came from that. If I, so if I decided to resist and go the other way and quit, um, I wouldn't have I, – I mean I wouldn't be where I am today. Exactly. Exactly. It was, it was, go ahead. I'm so that version, that model happens every day with every, with people, um, whether it's relationships or jobs or life transition or, you know, whenever they're, whenever their old blueprints and what they want doesn't match what's happening in reality. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. When it doesn't match. Yeah. We do tend to want to resist that. We kind of want to back to the old way or the way we liked it. It was easy. It was comfortable. Yeah, and because it was easy, you know, it doesn't mean that it was healthy. You know, because something smells familiar, it doesn't mean that that's the best for you. Right. And flipping that around, something that feels uncomfortable doesn't mean it's dangerous. Right? No, no. And, um, and you know, I'm not saying, like, when I, I have this tattoo on my arm that says resist nothing, which is a reminder for me, but I'm not saying that, like, if you're out in the woods and you're resisting, you're, you know, if you see a bear, you, you should resist that. <laughs> you know? That's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about if your life's at stake. Um, so, obviously, we're talking about things that, uh, that bring you resistance, um, a lot of internal resistance, uh, life things, life choices, and that if you lean into it, you got to, you know, depending on the situation, what that looks like. But on the other side of that, there's um, a tons of growth, you know. Yes, and taking it down to like we're talking about major things here: divorce or jobs, uh, yeah. working through a job you don't particularly like. Uh, but I'm going to take a page out of a client from this morning who uh, he can't get through the whole grocery store right without mm. the the anxiety really rearing up and giving all the physical symptoms and everybody has their own physical symptoms i don't need to list those but the fact that he's learning now to not resist that to stay yeah. with it to kind of yeah. hang with it like i talk about it like letting it be there it's kind of like the kid you got to babysit, but you don't really, they're nasty. You know what I mean? They're not being, you just do it. They're not your best buddy, but you get through it. And that being able to stay in the grocery store, being with that cart, holding on to it for dear life until the feeling kind of starts to pass, which is what you were doing in your job. You didn't like it. It wasn't yeah. what you planned on. It was totally the opposite of everything you had envisioned, but you hung in there and there was something on the other side. Yeah, and, and it's not only where there's a tipping point where you actually start to 
look forward to it, lean into it, grow from it, and then it, it, like you uh, embrace it. Yeah. So you know you're going into the dark tunnel where it's, there's pushback and resistance. The, and then you get to the midpoint where you start to accept it, and then you know uh, 75% in. Now you're embracing it and writing you know the 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 the, the growth soil resistance um, created. Great. So it you know it is about giving it time, right? Time being one of the elements here. We sure. Just doesn't happen right Absolutely. away. Um, it's all about mindset. Yeah, and I think um, what's the word? Desensit. I'm not going to say this wrong, but desensitization. Yes, you, absolutely. Uh, you know, and even like when people do this uh, for behavior, like if, for example, if you're afraid of spiders, starting off with a very small spider, say on your hand, and then you know, working it, working yourself up to eventually where you could, you know, put a spider on your back or something, and it doesn't bother you, uh, which takes time. You know. Yeah, it does take time, time and practice, and so that's why uh, every time that you don't resist you get a little more courage and you get more strength because you know you've done it before. And that's why yes. as we get older, so a lot of things become, you know, difficult uh, life happenings become what looks like easier only because we know we've done it so many times that we will get through. It may not be what we wanted and it may not be comfortable, but we know that we can do it. We have courage. Yeah. 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 And I, I think that we, um, a lot of us, are very narrow in um, we put a lot of shoulds in our vocabulary and the way that we want life to be or what we think life should be is also based on other people's blueprints, our parents, society, advertising. And the truth is it's, it doesn't, it, it doesn't match what's happening. And so whenever there's like that gap is what creates the resistance and anxiety, you know, yeah. if it did, if, if what we imagined life to be was exactly how it played out, there would be no anxiety. <laughs> It would just be, you know. Right. Yeah. But then with that, there would also be no growth. No growth. Right. Because exactly. there'd be nothing that was pushing against us. Right. Turning right. us turning us into diamonds as it would be. So, sure. John, if people have this, if they can feel this angst of this, the blueprint not matching, uh, what what's the best course for, and maybe you can give us some examples of which works better for which, coaching or therapy or a combination of both? Because you're on both sides of this. I'd love to hear sure. your take um, yeah, on that. Yes, so I, you know, I wear different hats. Um, that's why I call myself a catalyst, and we call our life coaches catalysts, because uh, I want to stay away from labels. So, you know, uh, on paper, therapy is more from baseline, from like suffering the baseline. And then coaching is from like baseline to flourishing. Okay. Makes sense. So, um, so, you know, anxiety, it can be across the board. It depends on what degree. I mean, if you have so much anxiety, you can't leave the house. Um, that might be more, more under the category of a, a therapist and digging into where that's coming from, which may, you know, be, uh, from the past or some trauma or other kind of stuff. Um, if you're, you know, if you're high functioning, but you have a lot of anxiety from, you know, stress at work or, or a job transition or, or, or you know, maybe a, you got you landed the corner office or maybe it's relationships or dating. Um, I think all that can fall under coaching. I yeah. think a coach can deal with anxiety. So it depends. It depends on how extreme and, and, you know, what kind of anxiety we're talking about. Yeah. And so, so if it's like anything in a DSM that would be, you know, under therapy, anything kind of life related would be under life coaching. Yeah. And so your catalysts, your people uh, are doing both, right? So you're sort of going back and forth as needed. Is that how it works? 
Yeah, no, our catalysts are, um, even though there are therapists in there, uh, technically, they're all life coaches. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, anxiety is obviously one of the things that they help people with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, I mean, anxiety is across the board. Everyone has anxiety, you know, because everyone has resistance. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's kind of the human. It's because, again, I don't know if we need to look at it so negatively because it's the thing that helps us grow. Like sure. I, I suffered with anxiety for a long time, a long time yeah. back in the day, yeah. way before uh, internets or, I mean, I had to go to libraries looking for books, but the point was that it, it really changed my life and the mm-hmm. growth that I got going because I went through that. Now I wouldn't wish anybody to go through it that long, but I learned so much and the things that had to change and stuff for me to get through it and come out the other side were all the things I needed to do. And maybe I never would have done those things if everything was just la la la. Right. Right. And it's so hard for people in the trenches um, to be able to connect dots. It's so, you know, like uh, Steve Jobs says, you can't connect dots looking forward. So it's it's when we come out through the other side that we're able to look back and be like, oh, this is why it happened. Um, You know, or this is this is the the chapter of my story and it needed to be there and, and um all that but that's the other piece is i think you have to trust your story yeah yeah and everybody i hope that they can um remember to trust exactly where they're at right now because yeah. it's exactly where you need to be and you're hearing exactly what you need to hear and um John, so do you, don't don't run from it <laughs> yeah don't that's it right don't run from yeah. it and that's what you know. We do. I always tell people that you're either running, you're always, you're either running, uh, you're either running away or toward yourself. Yeah. And, and if you're, if you're, um, you know, uh, approaching something that is that, that's bringing resistance or inner conflict, it's a great opportunity to run toward yourself instead of away. Yeah. And yeah. I think when people run away is when the anxiety is is it might lessen temporarily, um, but it's it's you're never going to. Um, flush it out the anxiety will always be there so uh you're you know running away from self i don't know what that looks like in behavior for some people it's it's you know drugs and alcohol for some people it's you know just getting on a plane for some people running away is actually getting into relationships you know um whatever you're doing i mean that's kind of the big question you have to ask yourself are, am i running toward myself or away and if you're running away there's chances are it's going to feel a lot easier but it's not going to be um, powerful or meaningful for you in the long run Right. And now before we before we close up, I'm hoping you can give them uh, the listeners an idea of what to do when you because you actually sometimes do have the choice. You realize I'm running away. Okay, let me stop and rethink this. Do you have any suggestions on how to pivot, how to turn that around? Uh, so in, instead of the knee jerk, which is just running without thinking, stop, um, try to think about where this resistance is coming from, and you'll realize that it's a shadow cast by your own hand. You'll realize that what you're resisting isn't this giant monster, but it's coming from somewhere, and when you figure out where, it, it becomes a shadow. It's, it's, it's not – you know, it's something that you created in your head. It's not that scary. And then that'll give you the leverage or the power to actually lean into it. And then once you kind of get, you know, past the halfway mark, then you can embrace it and then start to, to really lean in and um, 
whatever you're resisting, it'll turn into something great. Like one example of this is, you know, someone who, let's say, has been in relationships forever and then they find themselves being single and there's a lot of anxiety and resistance um with being single so running away would be just to jump into any other relationship um leading into your resistance would be okay i know that i'm having a lot of resistance to being single and it's because i'm used to always being with someone so i'm going to lean into this relation uh, this resistance by forcing myself to be alone discovering who i am what i want what i don't want and then you'll get to a point where you know and it's going to be difficult because you're not used to it but you'll get to a point where you you uh, shed the loneliness and anxiety and start to enjoy being with just you and then you'll come out the other side and for your next relationship you're bringing more to the table because you're bringing a whole version of you wow that's beautiful that is so yeah. well said that's the point we need to be at john you are a delightful guest you have so <laughs> much uh, thank you i Wow. I really hope that uh, you continue with your catalyst. I love, I know I went on the website, you've got a lot of people. So a lot yeah. of people are interested in this way of, of helping other people. Yes. Um, you could find, you know, well, you have all the links you could. Uh, yeah, but please curious. tell them, please tell us your links verbally and then I will put them in the show notes. Yeah, there's, uh, I guess, two main links. One is um, www.shift, without the I, S-H-F-T dot us. And we picked us because we don't believe you're supposed to do life alone. And I think that's one of the greatest misconceptions of self-help is, you know, you're, you, that you're supposed to do it by yourself. Um, and then the other website is just my my, my page, uh, theangrytherapistoneword.com, just theangrytherapist.com. And, and, and on that website, you could go to the life coaching course and you can find out about the catalyst and, and if you want to be a life coach and all that stuff. Great. Really good stuff, John. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you very much. And anyone listening, uh, resist nothing, guys. Well, that's it for today's episode. And before I read today's quote, remember, if you want more of what's offered here or more personal guidance, you might be ready for our group coaching membership or our one-on-one -on -one coaching or any of our reading lists that we have. So get in touch with us over at anxietycoachespodcast.com. And now for today's quote. May your choices reflect your hopes, not your fears. And that's from Nelson Mandela. You know I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at theanxietycoachespodcast.com. 